This is Kai Stewart, reading bedtime stories for nobody. Standing on the southbound platform at the Montgomery Street station, a young man wearing a shiny Nike jacket and tormented denim dug into his pocket for his phone. He dug and rummaged to the front and the back, down into the deepest part of his pocket, and he shivered and shook all the contents. He rattled and affronted everything in there until one young dime made it to the top seam and over, off to make its fortune, off to see the world. It rode his wrist right over the pocket seam and stood there a moment, its hands on its hips, looking out over everything. The glittering concrete and the yellow safety strip with its black patches like welcoming doorways the curving bow-relief on the tunnel walls, the twilight gleam of the rails, and then it fell, spinning, through the air, as true as a pearl diver or a hastily spoken word. It hit the ground with a gentle chime and rose again in a great shining arc, hung for a moment of neither coming nor going, Neither errands nor visiting friends, neither where you've been nor where you're going, and passed over the yellow safety strip and down into the darkness around the rail. It was the moon setting. It was a bright eye gazing through a midnight sea. It blinked and opened and blinked and opened again. It was the taste of metal. It turned slowly as it fell. It slipped through the cracks where the train shook loose the rail ties, and it was a raw egg reaching for a skillet. It was the first flower of March opening its hands under the snow. It jittered the ribs between floors and dropped into the heat and vapor of the northbound platform. So many people's exhalations washed it. It spun in the air like the sun in the earth. It shone with the dew of so many exhalations. We saw its rim flash sound waves at us and heard its faces shining. Could a hand held out have caught it? Or would it pass through flesh like it did breath? Would it drop through the soot and grease of the northbound rail bed, pluck kalimba notes from the rebar? sink into the concrete and the foundation and the mantle of the earth, reflecting brightness at the heart of the world. If it was quick, you could have stopped it. If it happened all at once, you would have risen up against it. If it had done you immediately ill also, you would have stopped it. But if it did you any ill, it's the slow, creeping kind, closing the doors of your future before you can put your hand to the knob. If it had happened quickly, you could have stepped in. But it happened slowly, by inches and you could never prove that the inches you lost were important, were useful, were beautiful steps in the race of your life. 
You sold them at face value, and now you'll never know what lay at the end of those steps. You traded your mileage for brief happiness. And happiness is so thin, thin as a sheet of paper, so thin you can see the light through it. You tell yourself that if you pile up enough sheets of paper, you can hold up the roof. But maybe it's truer to say that the roof lowers until it rests on that stack. And you'll never know now. Can you put your hand to the shovel and cherish the dirt? Can you make your own paper and look through it at the light? Will you trade your spirit lamp for the dark doorway? Days pass and days pass and days pass. Can you cherish the dirt? Pick up the shovel. And if you can't, if you can't lift it, if you can't face it head on, you can slip between, too. You can fade and dash and water the cracks in the sidewalk. You can sneak books into the library. You can palm the busker a bagel. You can slide a sheet of paper onto the stack and maybe two or five and change the whole stack just a little. If you can't face the shovel, pick up a spoon. It's not the pain so much. Well, yes, yes, it is the pain. But more than that, it's the shock, the lightning strike unfamiliarity of it, the wrench of being suddenly so far from the things you knew and depended on, like skin, like continuity, like the number of openings in your body. It's not the break in your skin. It's the break with what you believed to be true, believed between your skin and muscles, believed with the weave of your capillaries and spelled true with the cuneiform of your bone. It's the severing of your ties with what is. It's the gash where a seething devil claws between you and your truth. It's the claws of surprise in your neck. And now, now as the devil washes his teeth in the pond, now as the sunlight through the window draws blood, now you can open your eyes and the curtains and ask, what is? And if so, what am I? And, given that, what actions are open to me? And if you ask, maybe you'll find out. It starts in darkness. Think of it not in up and down, but in home and opportunity, or wet and heat. It starts then in the wet dark of home. There is no air. Everything presses. Everything resists restricts, everything nestles against the skin and clutches. There is no room for a ribcage to expand. There is no emptiness to bring inside. There is no easy channel for water to run through. 
there is dark and wet and home and sleep, and there is so much to brace one's feet on. And there is so much of one to brace. A body could start smaller than a pin and overflow a warship. A body could flex and seize and crumble mountains down. And in the wet, dark home stillness, a body is held as safe and as stifled as that. There is so much to brace one's feet on. There is so much to keep one still, but one cannot be still. One bends and flexes and trades outside for inside. One folds one's hands into an arrow upwards. One eats the dark and coils beneath the roof of the world until the world, like an egg, must crack. One cannot be still. One is so much larger than this pressing space. A mountain inside a moat, one cannot be still. There is heat and emptiness, and up there is the electric gaze and buzzing caress. There is tensing and stiffening and turning one's hands under the flood, and one cannot be still. One must seep into any crack that opens. One must curl one's fingers into the smallest spaces that will fit them. It presses all around, but one is so much farther than near, and one must go. The sweet dark royals. If the world were all one thing, unanimous, it might confine you. But your perfection overwhelms all arguments. It's just this an uncertainty, a momentary weakness, a glimpse of something passing by. It's just that I can't tell for sure, not for sure, my way, not truly. Not forever, not from another angle, as seen from behind, as posited in Istanbul, as theorized by monks in their cloisters, thinking about God, as imagined by Persian boys on their way home from school. It's not something one wants to assume. There's nothing obviously weight-bearing. The joists might be eaten through, after all. The walls might be cloudy windows. They might be giants. Lines on a surface, it's just some dark dust in lines. It's just dark dust in lines that teaches us how to be brave, how to be something more than meat on feet, how to be something bigger and intangible and partially false, like dark dust in lines. It's no flower, but I can feel the softness of petals. It's not David, but it taught me his face, and so, if that... Then what else? This might all be David. Someone might see him in a cloud or in a piece of toast. It is toast, and it is David. He lives in our eyes. He lives in Brooklyn. He lived until 1976, and it wasn't him at all, but his twin cousin is doppelganger, a passerby with an uncanny resemblance, two loaves of bread from the right angle in the right light. There's... Nothing there to put much weight on. The bread might be eaten through, after all. 
I certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly can't. But I do, daily. And that above all proves it. It's a pot of fog. It's sunlight on water. The water makes ripples in the bottom of the air. Yesterday I thought so, but today new facts have come to light and everything has changed. It runs down my wrists like honey. My mind eats the world like a snake. The head leads to haunches, leviathan spine, and this is not mine. I don't recognize it. We've never met before, have we, sir? We've never grown old on the banks of the Seine. We've never spent an hour arguing about soap operas. We've never, for instance, courteously ignored each other in the cracker aisle or sat across from each other at a PTA meeting, for instance, hauled nets, bulging with halibut over the rail of a schooner, say, fired at each other over a wall of sandbags, example given E.G. race to be the first to publish on a new chemical compound that has promise in tests on Alzheimer's prevention in rats just off the top of my head, wandered through the same grove of coast pine on the same perfect autumn day seventy years apart, we don't know each other at all. And if we didn't, or if we will, those people are miles away, and in some cases years and pounds and points of epistemological reference, and there was no one there to meet them. The store closed, the tellers all moved to Tallahassee. You've never met, have you? You've never seen you before in your life. Through sheer force of will, we cling to our ideas of ourselves. We make our faces out of mud and stones from memory. We move beneath and behind ourselves in vast ripples, shuddering the skin of the earth. We are a shadow in a chasm. We are the wind of our own flight. We catch a scent of smoke and pretend there was fire. But when we wake up, the air through the window teaches us the shape of our cheek. The ground teaches us our feet. When we sleep, our dreams teach us the shape of our waking. The light teaches us the shape of the room. The door is open. The chair is fading. The light is here, and it is not here. It radiates outward into the dark. The light that last touched our walls. It touches our walls. It is here and not here. It is at home to visitors. It is the exploding heart of a forge. It paints your face. It is nowhere. It is a red sludge caking the whole room, the whole street, the whole city. It is green and swaying. It is sharp and cutting. It is soft and dappled. Where does it go? The chair is everywhere. The brick is born, and when the brick is dust, and the dust blows away, what is your foot? When the sun shines against the absence of your skin, who are you? What comes out when your name is called? How much of that are you responsible for, or to? Who are you with your eyes shut tight? The wind blows, the river sinks, the sidewalk warms and cracks, and who are you on the exhale? Who are you when your name shapes the tornado? A world, perhaps. A person, perhaps. An idea, perhaps. A figure, a way of seeing, maybe. 
a cipher for transformation? In a sense, a desiring, a determination, a listening, a tasting, a wait. <laughs>